Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome back to a brand new edition of On to the Next One MMA Fighting's Matchmaking Podcast. We missed you all last week, and instead of doing this show because there was no UFC event to matchmake for, my wife and I took our son to Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid can be a kid. He had fun. I broke the basketball shooting game high score mark on not one but two different machines because. I've been compared to the likes of Chris Mullen and Mark Price with my outside shooting. That's an old man reference for those of you who have been longtime NBA fans. But uh, we're back this week to match make some fights coming out of UFC Vegas 18. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the prince of positivity, Mr. Alex Kaylee. Welcome back, AK. What is up, Mike? What's up, my best friend? Uh, was this one of those places where they, they hadn't like updated the machines and you just stand next to it and just like take the balls, uh, someone give you the ball and you just dump them right in, standing next to it, like we used to do when we, when we cheated with uh, was skee ball? Was that was that game where you throw, roll the things up the the things up the thing into the circles? Yes, the that's, circles. that that is skee ball. Yes. Do you remember when they didn't have the they didn't have barriers back then? And you just <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, my big brother, I remember he used to, he did that. And I was shocked and appalled. Uh, I believe in your shooting skills, but I'm just—I want to make sure everything was above board here. That's—that's uh, that's good. I'm—I'm—I'm I, uh, I'm a lonely man, uh, Mike. I did not spend my Sunday—I <laughs> spent my Sunday with some of my family, but not—not uh, no 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 children, no wife, and uh, just a strong sense of existential dread. But otherwise, I'm feeling really good. It's an amazing mood. So, and I can't wait. Can't wait to do today's show. Man, this is like back-to-back shows for you. We started off a little, a little dreary, AK. Well, First... I have a good excuse after a Saturday's <laughs> show, which we'll, we'll get to later. Uh, so if you are new to the show, later on in the program, we're going to turn it over to you guys and gals that left your suggestions on social media using the hashtag O-T-T-N-O or O-T-T-N-O, as we'll go from here. But uh, And then the other forms of suggestions, you hit us up as well. DMs, emails, etc. And some breaking news, AK. Please... 
for from you for people hitting up my Instagram DMs have worked. I got a few to read over, and uh, we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. But right now, AK, let us discuss the fallout of the main event of the evening on Saturday. Alexander Volkov looked phenomenal. He knocks out Alistair Overeem in the second round. It was a walk-off KO, and he gets it done. Two straight wins, two straight finishes. He's now 7-2 and two in the UFC, and this win will certainly throw him in the top five, AK. So... Where does he go from here? I don't think there's a lot of controversy with this pick. Uh, I have a feeling we might agree on a few of the top, of the first few picks here, Mike. So uh, hopefully this is still an entertaining listen for, for our viewers. But again, and I think they're going to be on the same page with us as well. I don't see – I'll give my, my alternative after. But I mean I think it's a far distant alternative to Volkov getting the winner of the February 27th heavyweight bout between Jair Rosenstruck and Cyril Ghan. I It just makes too much sense to me. I, I think that's the way to go. Uh, it has contender implications. It'd be an exciting fight. It's fresh. It, this seems easy to me. Mike, what, what did you go with? Yeah, I mean, listen, the unfortunate thing for Alexander Volkov is that this is a good news, bad news win. You know what I mean? Like, the good news is he wins. He's going to get in the top five on Tuesday, but the road to a title shot... Not just for him, but for a lot of these guys, is a long, long road. Because mm-hmm. Stipe is about to fight Francis and Ganu in March. We have the massive John Jones factor looming over this entire division. And you have to assume that John is the favorite to get the winner of the title fight. So, like you said, there are options here. But I, t- I think the two most sensical options are, like you said, Rosenstrike versus Cyril Gan, contender eliminator fight of some sort. That's like the likely scenario, even though he made a compelling case to be further along, he just isn't there based on the landscape of the division. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I mean, the other way you could go is, like, maybe the loser of the title fight. But, I mean, that, that's pretty much where it's at. I think I think you hit it spot on. Uh, and that's Volkov. Now, on the other end, which makes things a little interesting, you got Alistair Overeem, who was on this great run but ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, Volkov just looked so good. Took a lot of damage in that fight. He wore that damage. Probably a broken nose amongst other injuries. I think he continues on here. I think he does get another fight in the UFC. And he'll probably either fight the loser of Rosenstrike versus Gone, or if Curtis Blades beats Derek Lewis later on this month, you do the Derek Lewis fight. That would be my first choice. I assume we're probably in the same ballpark with this one, AK. We are. Uh, I like the Lewis fight. So would you not want to see the Lewis fight if Lewis... Beats Blades? Do you think if Lewis beats Blades, then he's kind of skipped past over Because that's a fight we've discussed uh, on at least one of the episode of On to the Next One. We really just think at some point Overeem and Lewis have to fight. It's it, it just be such a cool fight and an easy an easy fight night headliner, right? Um, I guess it was I guess it was easier to say that I think when both guys might have been coming off losses. Though I don't know that would have been a while ago. I I think I just want to see the Lewis fight no matter what. I think even if Lewis wins. I don't know. Again, ignoring rankings, I think Lewis might already be... I don't know if Lewis is already higher than him on my own rankings right now, but, you know, whatever. They've both been in the top ten forever. It's still a fight I want to see, and I don't think it matters to me the result of the Blades fight. Obviously, if Blades wins, you know, we're not seeing him and over him again. It's senseless. Um, but Lewis, if he wins, I, I think he'd be... And, and he'd be down for it. He might even call for it. It might be even something that Lewis wants to do. Uh, he's not one to really... You know, he does a lot in the mic. He's really not one to necessarily call for specific opponents, but uh, I'm just checking here. Yes, I do have him ranked higher than Overeem, so it'd be a step back. But from from a reputation standpoint and just something to have to his own, to add to his own legacy, uh, speaking of Derek Lewis, 
I still want to see that fight. So that's for me. That's that's my number one pick, regardless of what happens against Blades. I mean, I'll I'll say this: if Derek Lewis beats Curtis Blades and puts him away, he's the guy. Like John Jones is still there, but Derek Lewis jumps Alexander Volkov. He jumps everybody because of his popularity too. Like Derek, people love Derek Lewis, and if there's yeah. some way, like what, like if Derek Lewis beats Curtis Blades and John Jones is like, listen, I'm still bulking up. I'll be ready in like September. Derek Lewis is getting the next title shot. No doubt about it. You reminded me of something though when you brought up kind of how messy the title picture is right now, and not just the heavyweight. This is probably a UFC thing in general. We had a saying. I don't know uh, if you remember a. A, a, a guy drafted by the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors. You're a hardcore Toronto Raptors fan, as I am, Michael, <laughs> of course. We had a young man drafted in the first round uh, so, some six, seven years ago named Bruno Caboclo. And uh, I can't remember which scout it was that said, I can see, remember, see, I can see his face in my mind. That uh, was analyst. And the famous quote of uh, Bruno, this kid is, uh, he's from Brazil. He's like 19 years old. Uh, he's not ready for the NBA now, but he's two years from being two years away. Which, uh, if you think about it, which if you think about it, makes sense, and it became a mantra up here in Toronto. He never panned out, by the way. Uh, he kind of had a moment in Memphis. That was about it. Uh, but yeah, and it kind of makes sense. You think like it kind of means like I guess two years from now we can assess where this person is, and if they are, you know, two years away. That's kind of how the title pictures are for a lot of uh, the divisions in the UFC. You're one fight from being. You're, it seems like you're always one fight from being one fight away once you reach a certain point. Uh, some of the divisions are a little more clear cut than others, but like I, I'd say even bantamweight right now. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, if it feels like you're one fight from being one fight away, um, middleweight because Israel Adesanya is up at 205 now, so we don't know there. And then and then as you said, heavyweight. Is John Jones getting a title shot right away? Is he not? Is he is he going to fight Overeem? And some people said, why doesn't that fight happen now? You know, so. Uh, yeah, sadly, uh, it reminded me of that of that uh, quote. And uh, a lot of guys, one fight from being one fight away, maybe more. So when we say fights have title implications, pretty much always put an asterisk next to it because there's no official, as we've seen in the past, even quote-unquote number one contenders bouts don't necessarily mean what they're supposed to mean. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-main event, we got, AK, I know this this hurts you to talk about, but we got at worst a top three KO of the year in 2021. When when we're talking about awards in December, this is going to be on the list. Corey Sanhagen, the flying knee heard and seen around the world of one Frankie Edgar. That was absolutely insane. 28 seconds into the fight, and it was all over. A, a, a scary scene, terrifying, if you will, but Sanhagen creating highlight reels left and right, AK. So there's two options, I would say. What say you? First of all, I know I already cried about it on the uh, post-fight show we did. I'm a big Frankie Edgar fan. I had picked him to lose. This is the worst-case scenario when you when you when you see uh, a legend get surpassed by by a prospect. This is this was this was I, I have to compare it to. Uh, I probably wasn't as huge a fan of this guy back in the day, but obviously Chuck Liddell, a, amazing fighter, legend. When he got taken out by Rashad Evans, when he when Rashad Evans landed that right, uh, I think his overhand right on him and just popped his head back and Liddell was out cold. One, it made people hate Rashad Evans forever. Uh, and two, it was a really scary moment. And I can only imagine if you were a hardcore Liddell fan, kind of just seeing his fight life flash before your eyes. This happened with for me with Edgar. This was a young prospect, a younger guy, clearly way, way, you know, on the upswing and a different, a different trajectory in his career and just landing the knockout of a lifetime or would have been the knockout of a lifetime if he also hadn't just had a spin kick. Uh, and it was scary. They didn't show, you know, they didn't show Edgar for a while. Uh, obviously, that's not something people need to see on the broadcast. You know how how difficult it was to get. Thankfully, when they came back with the commercial, 
he was up at the uh, you know and, and there to, to, for the decision to be read out. But yeah, I just want to say, as an Edgar fan, it was horrible to see. Uh, but as a fan of MMA, what a moment for Sanhagen! Give him the Piotr Jan. Uh, Aljamain Sterling winner. He shouldn't have to fight again. This is this is bullcrap if someone else fights for the title before him. He's the number one contender. Yeah, listen, I saw this a lot on Twitter, people trying to be too cute with this. I could not disagree with the idea more that he should have to fight TJ Dillashaw or anybody else not holding the UFC Bantamweight title after that performance. Could they do the Dillashaw fight? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. Could Dillashaw get the winner of Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling? Yeah, it's possible. It would be unequivocally wrong but both of those options are possible but Corey Sagan like Corey Sanhagen couldn't have possibly drawn it up any better because let's be honest if Frankie Edgar had won that fight on Saturday he's probably getting the next title shot like he's probably jumping the line he's Frankie Edgar like that's what most people thought heading in and now that Corey Sanhagen Corey Sanhagen did that he should absolutely get the winner of the title fight on March 6th at UFC 259, regardless of who wins that fight. Even if Aljamain Sterling wins, because, you know, there's a story there that's easy to sell, because Aljo just put Sanhagen away in the first round at UFC 250, and yeah, it's recent, but that loss lit a fire under the Sandman. Like, this is a different guy. Like, just aggressive, he opened, it just made him a little more, uh, a little angrier, so to speak, but Listen, he's next. I'm not wavering on this. Corey Sanhagen's next fight will be for the belt because this wasn't a doctor stoppage. This wasn't a referee stopping a fight too soon. This is a 30-second knockout that we will be seeing forever and ever in montages, video packages, etc. When fans and media are back in the arenas and the UFC is playing that Baba O'Reilly before main card video montage, that knockout will be in that video forever and ever until the UFC is no longer a thing. He gets the title shot. Let's not overthink I- this. Stop being silly. I saw I saw it in uh, my nightmares uh, about uh, <laughs> what felt like uh, uh, ten thousand times uh, last night. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it was just over and over again, over and over again. And 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 uh, I, in my you know in my dreams, Mike, I was I was in the apex, and I was like, I could see myself reaching out to the cage almost and like Frankie, watch the knee, <laughs> and uh, and he never heard me. He never, no matter how many times I said it, it just happened again and again and again and again. So I'm in a mood, people. Okay, Mike is right. I'm in a mood. Uh, Mike, before we move on to the uh, past, the 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 two, the headliner and the co-headliner. Was there any other alternatives you had for Volkov, Overeem, or Sanhagen? No. Uh, okay. Well, for Sanhagen, I'll say, I'll, I'll, look, we don't want to see the TJ Dillashaw thing, but that would still be a great fight for him, a great opportunity for him. I think it's a winnable fight. I also think it's an insanely tough fight for me. For me, Dillashaw was the undisputed best guy at 135 before you know popping for the epo uh, and again whether it was it because of the substance he's using yeah quite possibly but i'm just saying as far as in cage product goes he was he's a great fighter and i think that win would still mean a lot but also very tough so i hope something doesn't have to do that but i think if you're a fan you're not like objecting if that fight gets booked um dominic cruz if he beats casey kinney what do you think of that like for sanhagen for sanhagen no that's too far no. man that's too i mean oh, listen March six yeah listen it's a fun well they're both part six yeah, listen, it's a, it's a fun, cool fight to have at some point in your career, but, I mean, if Dominic Cruz, like, I mean, if Dominic Cruz goes out there and blasts Casey Kenny and finishes him like Sanhagen finished Edgar or something like that, yeah, maybe. Like, if he has to fight one more time, I, I think say, it's a favorable matchup. If Dillashaw, and I don't want this to happen, if he got the title shot instead, Cruz is probably the best. Cruz beating Kenny and then fighting uh, Sanhagen is probably the best option for Sanhagen, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, if he has to take other another fight, Wade. Name, other Wade. 
Yeah. Yeah. For name value, he'd probably be like Sanhagen's probably like a six to one favorite in that fight against Dominic Cruz right now. Like it, he, it just it just is what it is. So it'd be a big name and a favorable matchup. So I think yeah, that would be good for him. Uh, Overeem, uh, I, I don't. I think some other people mentioned this. Maybe I saw it on Twitter or something. Shamil Abdurakhimov, uh, that guy. Was, he didn't fight in 20, 2020. He had two bookings with Gone that didn't happen. Twenty twenty, thirty nine, thirty nine years old. A little bit closer to Overeem in age. I think we'd like to see. So uh, I think that's you know it's not the sexiest matchup, but it's it's certainly out there. And uh, for Volkov, one name I thought maybe if he doesn't get the what well, again what I think is the extremely logical matchup. Martin Tabora. 4 0 in 2020. Uh, I apparently, I was checking my own notes. I apparently did mention for Tabora uh, that I, I would like him getting the Volkov Overeem winner. I think because, I'll be honest, though, I think because I was anticipating an Overeem win. So I think I was really looking more forward to a Tabora Overeem matchup. But Volkov won, convincing fashion. Maybe you make that fight happen. So I, I could see that depending on, again, how Run Street Gone shakes out, whether those guys just, you know, do a call out for, for someone else. But uh, there's options. But I think the three matchups that we've both kind of agreed on is most pe- readers most listeners and fans would agree with as well yeah i think there's a, there's a lot of options for volkov because he's not going anywhere it's just unfortunate mm-hmm. like he could he could knock out the, the next two or three guys and he's probably still not getting a title shot it's just it's just the nature of the beast so if the plan is to stay active and cash those checks tybor is a fun fight but also a pretty dangerous fight too so the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, we'll see what happens there as we head to the gritty 39-year-old Clay Guida who defeats Michael Johnson. Just a fun blue-collar scrap, AK, and the carpenter gets it done. And he goes out and he calls for a fight with an up-and-comer. He doesn't call for a title shot. He doesn't call for the biggest name in the division. He calls for a prospect. I love it. And there's certainly no shortage of those at 155 pounds. And there's a fight, AK, that sticks out to me. 
checks all the boxes for the Carpenter. It's an up-and-comer, a guy who's 2-0 in the UFC, a guy that people are high on, but he's not a guy that's, like, right now a top 25, a top 30 guy. Like, he's on his way up there, and he would get a nice boost with a win over a seasoned veteran like a Clay Guida, a guy that if Clay gets to the ground, the Carpenter's going to have to mind his P's and Q's a little bit. So how about... We do Clay Guida versus the new dad, Joe Selecki. That is my pick. Let's give Joe Selecki the vet test, see how he ha- and, and see how he handles it. I think that's a fun fight, especially when it gets to the ground, which it will get to the ground at some point. What say you? That is such an incredibly specific pick. Uh, I swear I saw someone else. I, could, I can't find it when I was looking through my reader suggestions. And I, I swear some reader also threw that out there, and I was just like, why? But... I guess, you know, you've laid out why. Yeah, and, and certainly based on uh, Guida's criteria, 2-0 and in the UFC sounds perfect for him. I mean, look, this was, for me, probably one of the most wide, based on what he said, one of the most wide-open selections. Because I, I would have gone with pair, pairing him up with someone with similar experience. That's sort of my default. But yeah, he said, I he said ah, maybe not an, another, like, 20-fight veteran next time. Maybe someone who's, uh, who's young. And I'm like, Guida, you are a true original. You're a true original. <laughs> So I, I waffled a lot here. I, I went I picked three tiers of guys. So I picked one like lesser experienced, mid middle experienced, and then equal to Guida. So first I was thinking February twenty seventh, uh, Alexander Hernandez, Tiago Moises winner. So that's kind of that's about as inexperienced as I got. Now that's not even that inexperienced. That's like that's about as inexperienced as I got. Then for the longer range one, I've just shocked these two hadn't fought before. Uh, Francisco Trinaldo. How's that fight not happened? I know. I guess Guido was down at featherweight for a bit, kind of dancing around for a little bit. So maybe maybe they kind of missed each other during that time. I think that fight will happen at some point. Uh, maybe not even in the UFC, maybe when they're both moved on. Uh, but the fight, my number one pick, I went mid-range. I think it, it, this would be a really fun fight. Him and uh, Gabriel Mogli Benitez. So Poof. not quite as experienced as Clay Guida. Uh, more experienced than Hernandez Moises as far as UFC experience goes. So right kind of in that middle range. So I settled on that. I settled on. I don't know if Guido, maybe Guido wouldn't be happy with that. You know, not inexperienced enough. But that is my, yeah. I'll go. I'll go with that. Fun matchup. But you, Guido, you can go in right now twenty different directions. Yeah, like I, I saw, I saw like the like Sarukian being thrown out there as a possible opponent. I saw Rafael Faziv as a possible opponent. I think those guys are like a win away from getting into the top 15. Like, that's how good those two guys are. And I'm not saying Joe Selecki's not good. I just feel like the the line of work, the resume, what they have done in their careers, the competition has been better, and it's been more, it's been good. And Joe Selecki, his last performance, the standing rear naked choke submission, outstanding. I mean, just an outstanding submission. I just don't feel like he has the experience that those other two guys have. I don't think the hype is quite there like those other two guys, but... I mean, Selecki goes in there, he beats a guy like Clay Guida. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair fight. Clay Guida, great win over Michael Johnson, but to give him a guy that's like in the top 20, top 25, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that. Um, I don't think – he's the man. I love Clay Guida. But Clay could fight anybody, and it makes sense. Um, but we'll see what happens. I love that he calls out a prospect in the t- deepest division on earth, which is, which is something else. What a guy. But uh, we will head to the Ollie. He, moved, he moves like he's 29. He moves I like know. He's, 29. Like he's 39 years old. He moves like he's 29 in there. It's insane. Even in his post-fight interview, he's still bouncing around like he didn't even get into a fight. The guy is an absolute madman, and Clay Guida is, is in my like personal fighting hall of fame just because he's the man. 
we head to the always exciting flyweight division, a.k.a. Alexandre Pantoja. Goes out there inside the UFC apex and goes on and spoils the UFC debut of Manel Cape or Manel Cap, whatever they want to say. He will always be Manel Cape to me. It was a fun fight. Pantoja looked really good, super patient, and that patience led to a big win over a guy that had a lot of hype heading into this fight. So, AK, this one seems relatively easy in my mind. Was it as easy for you? It wasn't. I think I might have gone a little bit outside the box. Well, the first thing is, whenever, uh, I guess it depends when uh, Ficadeo Moreno 2 is booked, which we assume is the fight that's going to happen, he has to be an alternate for that fight. That's the first thing. Uh, as soon as that fight is officially booked, or even before, if, he, if his, him and his management get an inkling of when that's happening, you tell the UFC, we'll be in shape, we'll be on weight, I'm ready for either guy. God forbid something should happen, but if it does, you throw me in there. I am I am ready for a title shot, uh, even if it's as an alternate, put me in there. Uh, otherwise, I, 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 I thought about it maybe a little too much, because I kind of want him to wait. I really looked ahead to this March 6th UFC 259 card a lot. Maybe it's just because I want a fresh matchup, but I want to see him and uh, the winner of the Kai Car France Rogerio Bontorin uh, fight. That that to me would be my number one choice this week. Interesting. Mm. I think it has to be Alex Perez, right? That's what people said. That's yeah, what I heard. That's the one. Pantoja is number five. Perez is number four. Perez coming off the loss to Figueiredo. Perez just became a dad himself, so it gives Pantoja a little time to. You know, heal up a little bit, gives Perez a little time to be dad, and uh, this could be a good little early summer fight. Throw this on any card, and people will like it. I think that's the one. Don't have to add much more to that, but Flyweight's awesome. You can put Pantoja in there with anybody, and it's funny, okay? He looks he looks so good. He looks so good. I think, and, and as you will also, I'm, I'm I'm usually, I know I just contradicted myself earlier with the I don't care <laughs> uh, what happens if Derek Lewis wins or loses, he should fight the Overeem thing, but uh, I am, I definitely skew, you know, towards winner facing someone you know i like i like people in the winning column both facing each other so uh prez coming off loss of course you know not, no no shame in that but i so yeah I'm, I'm just trying to keep winners with winners but obviously prez yeah rankings wise they're very, very close to each other um so yeah that's no issue with that now we head back or actually yeah back to lightweight division that's right green and johnson was a lightweight fight but uh oh before anyone says anything <clears throat> oh, i have ahead. to remind myself pantoja did beat kai car france on uh, the ultimate fighter so it would be a somewhat fresh matchup if that if that fight were to happen. So I, I'm just saying, I know you know how the readers are, you know how the listeners are, Mike. <laughs> they don't give us a second, as you'll see in our in, as you'll see and check the tapes later. These guys don't miss anything. Oh, all right, fair enough. Don't miss anything. So in the lightweight division, the fight I was looking forward to the most delivered in spades. Benil Dariush wins his sixth straight fight, earns a decision against a very very good fighter in Diego Fajeda. Fajeda's six fight winning streak comes to an end. And this was the pick that I sort of prefaced on the preview show that might give me a little heat, AK. Um, but there's a method to my madness. Sometimes I like to go on these little journeys and, 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 and allow me to take all of you on a journey right now. Buckle up, kids. The pick for me, AK, is Benil Darius versus Charles Oliveira. And I'll explain why. First off, these two were supposed to fight in October. Oliveira was the one who withdrew from that fight. Dariush got put on ice until now. Oliveira obviously got that big opportunity. Tony Ferguson got a huge win. But since then, AK, he has reportedly turned down not one, but two fights with Michael Chandler. And let me just say, I don't blame Charles Oliveira one 
bit for turning those fights down. Especially the second one because the UFC wanted to book that fight for next weekend's card at UFC 258. Super short notice. And when you're that close to a title fight, I get it. I get the, 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 the trepidation, so to speak. But the other reason they said no was not just because of what, just, what I just mentioned. Oliver and his team was like, no, we're fighting for the belt. We're fighting for the title. And in this situation, with everything so loaded up and so many questions that need to be answered, Oliveira, in my mind, now goes from a guy that could fight for the belt next, but probably won't, to falling to the absolute back of this pecking order. Because when Dana White, and I don't agree with this, has said time and time again, time and time again, when that phone rings, when that knock on the door happens, it is best for business that you answer it. You said no once. Okay, I get it. But twice? That's unfortunately going to be frowned upon. And the penance for such crimes against the UFC and their matchmakers will be a fight with Benil Dariush, which could put a monkey wrench into everything. And Dariush deserves a fight like that. And for all of those reasons I just laid out, that is my pick, AK. Because if Oliveira wants to, wants to play the, you know what? I just won't fight then card if he wants to throw that on the table it's not gonna work it's not gonna work so i think at some point he's gonna have to take a step back and fight a dangerous guy i'm going with Darius. i'm giving it to him i think he deserves it and i it's not fair to, to Oliveira. it's not fair but i think i'm thinking on behalf of the ufc here and it makes me a little sick to my stomach to to speak like this but this is the fight that i think makes the most sense and i think will happen that was a uh... That was a sobering fight pick, Mike. That was that was real. That was real talk with Mike Heck right there. That's our, new, that's our new uh, our new side segment. That's right. We have another segment <laughs> called Real Talk with Mike Heck. <laughs> He's got a little sample of that. We're uh, we're just testing that out. So uh, reader, uh, listeners, I keep saying readers, readers, listeners, the same thing. So listeners, uh, let us know what you thought of that because uh, you know sometimes sometimes this man can be too real. You know I've, uh, <laughs> I've started recording. I, I know how real Mike can get. I know it's too much for some people sometimes. You know. But uh, but uh, hey, that was nothing but truth. Yeah, you were spitting nothing but 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 truth fi truth fire truth flames. You know, as the kids say, I think the kids are gonna start saying that if they aren't already. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree. It could definitely happen. And you made me think of our poor uh, Jerome Rivera, who fought uh, for anyone who I don't know who maybe missed the first prelim fight of the night. Uh, you missed something spectacular because Odie Osborne scored a twenty-six second one punch knockout. I think uh, I think it was twenty-six. It was faster than San Higgins win. And uh, it happened to come against Jerome Rivera, who I know isn't exactly a household name, but has fought three times in the last, I think it was it five or six months for the UFC. Two of them were short notice opportunities, maybe all of them. I know at least two of them were short notice opportunities. Three different weight classes. He's a natural flyweight. He fought at bantamweight. He fought Tyson Nam and fought, uh, Francisco Fedo at his natural weight class. Lost that one, and then was knocked out with one punch at a featherweight fight against Osborne. So. It has to be some sort of record. Three, uh, three UFC fights in three different weight classes in your first three uh, appearances for the promotion. Uh, I think it was Jay Petri from Sherdog who reminded me that uh, Jason Reinhardt had apparently also fought in three uh, different weight classes in his first wow. three appearances. It was across across two separate. That's a deep cut. Across, I think, two separate stints. I think it was like his first two fights. He lost, got cut, came back, fought in another weight class, and then lost, and I think <laughs> got cut again. So. It's certain, sort of happened before, but Rivera is still a unique case. And I really, I bring him up because I imagine he's someone who, after losing his first two fights, said, I can't say no to the UFC no matter what. I got to jump on any opportunity there is. I just want to get back in there. Uh, and it's almost like a no-win situation. It's like if he – I don't know if they called him or if his management – maybe his management reached out when they saw there was an opening. 
But I mean, he kind of had to take those opportunities, and and I, I don't blame Rivera and his team at all. Like I, I'm sure again, I'm sure there's other ways to handle the situation, but they saw something. They said, "Hey, we got this win. We got new our new lease on life uh, as as a UFC fighter." And uh, yeah, just to tie what you said, Oliveira, man, there's just a lot of things with the, with the, when you're dealing with the UFC, you gotta there's a certain behavior you have to have, and a certain attitude you have to have. Uh, and sometimes, again, it, it, it leads you into more trouble than you were in before. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big gamble, you know, and sometimes you, you double up and, and it doesn't pay off. So we'll, with Oliveira, didn't pay off this time, clearly. With Charles Oliveira, uh, remains to be seen. But uh, I think as we learned from the Leon Edwards experience, the Leon Edwards experience as well, all this kind of negotiating and finagling, when you, when you don't have, like, the most leverage, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't not work out for you in the end. Yes. So. Real talk. Let's yeah, talk with Mike Heck and Alex Lee. Oh man, I thought about it as soon as the fight was over, and and Darius should like cut that promo when he's like, "I should, you know, Fajeda should be fighting a top five guy. I should be fighting a top five guy." And immediately I was like, "You should. You, you were supposed to fight Charles Oliveira. Like you were supposed to fight him already. So let's do that." Um, oh, I forgot. I didn't give a pick. Yeah, so, I was just yeah. gonna say. I was just I, gonna I, say. I, I don't need. I, I, I like the idea of Rafael dos Anjos. I. I was hesitant to do it because I've, I've also said I really like the idea of uh, Dos Anjos, Justin Gaethje, which I don't think is off the table. I still feel like that's out there. So I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, pull him from that uh, that fake pick yet. But uh, if that doesn't happen, uh, and I think this, this is maybe more likely to happen now, I think RDA. RDA is top 10, not top 5, top 10. And just, so a good fight for Darius, great style matchup. Uh, very, two respectful guys, very classy fight. Um, and another fight that could steal the show. So that that'd be it, Derry or or maybe Dan Hooker. But I think you and I have said we just want to see Dan Hooker chill and enjoy time with his family until at least the summer, maybe end of summer, uh, fall. So, yeah. So I went with RDA, but I think you're I think you're right. To, he might be the guy that they give Charles Oliveira uh, to kind of send a message. Okay. Now I, I want to throw this out there as a preface. We know the main card was officially opened up with Danilo Marquez submitting Mike Rodriguez, but. We are invoking the, it wasn't originally on the main card, so it technically wasn't a main card fight rule here. Uh, but Marquez with the win, even Mike Rodriguez with a loss. Uh, both of them are thrown into the wild card pool, uh, which is a perfect segue to the wild card round, where we will now match make for someone that we haven't match made for already coming out of UFC Vegas 18. So AK, kick it off, my friend, your wild card pick. Listen, we got to talk about uh, Manel, Manel Cape, all right? I I'm, I'm going with Cape for now. Uh, I, I I don't want I wouldn't again I wouldn't call his performance disappointing per se for anyone who's sort of a fan of his rise and work and was kind of expecting him to storm through the flyweight division. He was given one of the best flyweights in the world to fight in Pantoja, uh, a guy who's very well versed and who actually I thought was his grappling I thought would be the foil of uh, of Cap but of Cape but it was actually <laughs> of Cape but um. It was actually, he had actually very fought a very high volume strategic striking battle, and and that's how we got the win against Cape. Cape look looked really comfortable, very smooth in there. He was doing a lot of you know, shuffling his feet and kind of like doing the kind of outs the inside calf kick, the kind of inside like calf kick thing. He had a lot of cool moves, um, and and I think he was very comfortable. Uh, maybe maybe you know maybe too comfortable, too confident that he would land a kill shot at some point. Uh, so I said uh, I've said on the at the post fight show I want to see a fight matchup he can style in I I honestly don't care if he fights a top ten guy top ten flyweight or a top fifteen fly or top twenty flyweight and I actually want to see him fight someone who is yet to get a win in the flyweight division uh, Mike but someone who I'm a big fan of and who I think would be a really fun style matchup and I think even though again like I said he's zero and two at flyweight in the UFC I still see him as a really as a really quality one twenty five er 
Uh, and this is a fight we probably could have seen outside the UFC, like a like as of like 18 months ago. Give him, <clears throat> give him Tyson now. That's awesome. I want to see Manel Cabe and Tyson. Yeah, I think that's exciting. I think it brings out the best in both guys. It might not necessarily be the showcase fight I'm thinking for Cape. Like I don't think this is a guy that Cape can run through, but I I still would like Cape's chances, and and I think uh, Tyson would would definitely engage him, and uh, some someone someone's almost definitely getting knocked out. So uh, not you know I may not have given an easy matchup, but I still like it for Cape. Uh, so Cape Tyson Nam, yeah, let's see that one happen. Maybe that's the next way to go. I like it because then I mean listen, especially in this this era of the UFC where spots need to be filled. If both decide to, you know, just jump on an opportunity, you could do it at 35. You could do this at 35. You could do it at 25. Yep. I think that's a great fight. I think it's good for both guys. It would uh, be a good one. Be my pick for fight of the night, regardless of what card it's on. This was tough because there's so many ways to go with this. But in the end, I'm going with the first wild card gut feeling I had on Saturday night. And I'm going with the I'm going with Devontae Smith. First fight in 18 months. This guy has been through a lot. Achilles, surgery, rehab, recovery, stuff in his personal life. The combo-worthy loss was a tough one, but I get it. I mean, he's human. I know he took a lot of crap for the combo-worthy loss, but, you know, when things keep getting switched up on you, you're, you're this is like this is a huge opportunity. This is a big pay-per-view. You're the featured prelim. You're going from John McDessey, who talked all sorts of garbage a guy you wanted to just punch in the face so badly mcdessey falls out then the ufc comes to you with we're bringing back clay collard of all people back to the ufc he says okay i'll fight clay collard clay collard has a usada issue he is pulled from the fight and then like the monday of fight week he gets a phone call hey we found you an opponent oh yeah who's that it's your good friend and former training partner comma worthy <laughs> what? I mean, that is a lot when you're a guy a lot of people have pegged as the next big thing in a loaded division, like 155 pounds. So I get it. That's th- 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 just a lot to take. In hindsight, and I've, I've asked him about this before, he would have said no and just fought on another card. But hindsight is what it is, and that's that. So he gets Justin Janes for his return. He's supposed to fight Alex Da Silva. I didn't love that matchup for him. Wasn't a big fan of it. I liked the Justin Janes matchup. I think that was perfect because Justin's a tough dude who always brings it. And Devante looked really good. Yeah, he had to shake off a little bit of rust, but once Devante got going and got comfortable, there's nothing Janes can do to stop it. With that being said, there's a fun scrap I have in mind. Let's give Devante a little bit of a step up. Nothing too, too crazy, but a step up nonetheless. Let's get a fun scrap that people love to read about when we would eventually confirm this booking. Devante Smith versus Nasrat Hakparast. I think both these guys are right around the same. Top 35, top 40 in this division, which, like, you hear that and you're like, what? Like, that's not even that good. But at 55, that's like being top 20 in, like, a lot of other divisions. So that fight would be a scrap, and that is my pick, AK. Devontae Smith versus Nasrat Hakparast. I love it. I love it. No, I have no. I, uh, I, I, Devante probably again. If if it wasn't for my how intrigued I am by by Cape, Devante definitely would have been my wild card pick. Uh, like I said, all all the circumstances around, uh, so that the worthy loss and uh, he, his person. I still, I think I think they really have a star in him. I think there's a personality there. He was he was as lively as usual uh, post fight, though I think he withheld sort of necessarily 
<clears throat> calling anyone out or making any big like proclamations again. He know he's a pretty smart guy. I think he's like, you know what? This was my kind of my comeback win. Wait for, when he starts stringing together wins. I think a lot more people are going to become familiar, familiar with Devontae and his personality because he really does have that guy, kind of guy. Like you put him on a live mic post fight, he's going to have a moment. He's going to have a moment. It wasn't last night, like I said. It, uh, it wasn't on Saturday because he's going to be humble. He was humble. You know, he was humble uh, as he should be. And then, uh, but just wait, wait till he gets stringed together a couple more wins. You're going to see a lot more of that person. It, it, it did. It did when he was on his first streak. You know, before the worthy fight. I think a lot of people are starting to see um, what a star Devontae could be. So yeah, I love the hack press matchup. And uh, you mentioned sort of man lightweight. That 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 cluster of guys from like 30 to 50, any of those guys capable of putting on an amazing fight, highlight reel uh, knockout, and it's maybe just like two wins away from jumping into like the top 25, depending on on the matchup, right? So yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and either of those guys is really a, a lot closer to a uh, top 20 ranking than I think uh, people would 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 expect just looking at their names on on paper and and kind of who they're clustered with. But yeah, great great stuff. Uh, 155 is so good. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so good. So where, where are we going now? Are we going to? Do we have a check the tapes this week? Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple of of, of, uh, of our regular listeners and matchmakers shouting at me, in my ZM saying, "Hey, <laughs> I called this fight. Make sure you, this was." Uh, so I took no, this was like last week. So these people, when we, I, I guess they knew we weren't recording an episode, so they had to find a way to to to, to pester us, Mike. I don't know if you heard from this. Uh, our re- regular listener of all of our programming and uh, and matchmaker Tristan Gordet. I uh, wanted to remind people that he he was some one of the people who called for Darren Till, Marvin Vittori, which happens on April 10th. I, I don't know if he was the only one, but I certainly had made – in my notes I had made, I, I think I had pointed out to Tristan and mentioned that. So I checked the tapes. Yes, Tristan, well done. Uh, and Harry Lipke, he might be the only, the only one who called for this. I, I'm not sure, but he, he definitely said Paul Craig, Jamal Hill, which is going down on March 20th. So Tristan Gordet, Harry Lipke, well done. Tip of the cap to you, uh, McMahon and Sean Shelby. They owe you. Uh, they owe you a drink next time they see you. So, uh, yeah, that's the checks. Mike, do you remember checking any tapes uh, for for any matchups that were, were made recently? Not that like stuck out to me. I'm trying to think because there was a couple that there's a couple of new ones that I was like, ooh, I think I might have said something, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So Parker we'll Porter, to... did you want Parker Porter and Chase Sherman? Uh, I did not. I mean, I I love it. I thought I didn't know. I know Chase Sherman was having USADA issues, and I didn't know how long he was out for. Uh, Parker Porter, I forget who I had him matched up. Oh, I had him in there with um, oh, what's his name? What is his name? The guy used to be a middleweight, and now he's a heavyweight and a really fun heavyweight. Oh, uh, what is his name? Call, uh, Collier. Yes, that's the one I wanted. That's what yeah. I wanted. Jay Collier and Parker yes, Porter. Yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, and I think some readers had liked that one too. But yeah, I like Porter Sherman makes a lot of it. I think I wanted one of them to fight Tafa or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's so. So uh, we and and did none of us? I checked my notes. Did none of us or like you, me, or the readers want uh, Whitaker and and Costa? None of us booked this. I didn't like it. I think me neither. We, yeah, I remember I think, not liking it. Yeah. Yeah, because at the time Whitaker should have been Whitaker's next fight should have been for the belt. And this yeah. is before the Jan Blachowicz thing, like, was an actual thing. So, yeah. Or, you know, if they were going to do... I, I think, like, the, the alternative was if they were going to do, like, an interim title fight with if Adesani moves up, then that makes sense. Um, and even that didn't make sense. I actually wanted Vittori to fight for the interim title against against Robert Whitaker. I thought he, yeah. he earned that. But here we are. The fight that Robert Whitaker said, I have no interest in taking. Again, 
had to take. He had to take this fight. <laughs> there you go, Charles Oliveira. Take take a glimpse into your future, my friend. And it sucks and it's unfortunate. But uh The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning Bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What do the peeps have to say, AK? I saw some right. of the suggestions on Twitter already. Uh, they were just yes. coming in rampant on Saturday. I said last week that I was going to streamline this, so I'm lumping together some of the most popular options. The matchup that I, I saw by far, this is, uh, I, I don't know, I think like almost every reader had this in their, in their, in their matchups. Uh, that people want to see Benil Dariush and Tony Ferguson. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I think the reason you neither you or I, I don't know why I didn't pick it is, like I said, I'm a winners versus winner guy. This is a six-fight win streak versus two-fight losing streak. Yes, Tony Ferguson. Look, that the 12-fight the win streak of Tony Ferguson for me is still fresh. Uh, even in this, even in this, what have you done for me lately business, and considering how badly he lost his last two fights, I get it if people kind of say like, oh, well, that 12-fight win streak doesn't matter. To me, it still does. So that that 12 fight win streak to me still stacks up nicely to what Darius has done the six fight win streak he's on. Um, but again, like I said, normally I go winner and winner. But readers, I, I bolded this one. This was the uh, reader consensus pick of the week. Benil Darius, Tony Ferguson. People really like it. I think stylistically, obviously, it's perfect. Uh, Volkov. We had a few suggestions there. Oh, oh well, okay. Again, and the other popular everyone was with us. Like I said, uh, Rosenstruck gone winner. It just makes too much sense. So I saw two people mention this. Uh, one person maybe doesn't remember they fought. Volkov Lewis rematch. Mike, what do you think of that first? Derek Lewis versus a garbage can. It's awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Derek Lewis against yeah. anybody is just weird and fun. And like even if they fought like two weeks ago, just having Derek Lewis in there and the unpredictability of what he brings to the table is just always fun. So I have no issue with Derek Lewis being yeah. thrown in any kind of a fight. And and it it won. There's been enough time, I think, since, since the first fight. And also uh, people. As everyone recalls, Volkov was clearly winning that fight until Derek Lewis went Derek <laughs> Lewis on his ass, uh, as he tends to do in the final round, and, and got the knockout. So I, I, I really remember people – it was one of those – this happened probably Lewis a couple of times. People saying after, yeah, Lewis won, but was he really the better fighter? Uh, Derek Lewis, I guarantee you, does not care whether people, <laughs> people say that he does not care. He walked out with the win. He walked out with the extra, some extra cash, and uh, that's all that mattered to him. So, yeah, I'm not against that rematch. Uh, Pantoja, Alex Perez, for sure, was the most popular selection amongst the readers, though. One uh, one or two people mentioned Joseph Benavidez, which I really like, uh, except Benavidez has to get past Askar Askarov first, which is not guaranteed by any means. 
But that to me, if Benavidez d- does beat Askarov in, in a convincing way, uh, I would love to see a Benavidez and Pantoja. Yeah, that's fun too. Uh, random, random Vink Pachel sighting, but again, multiple people call for this. Pachel, Clay Guida, sure. Yeah, I experience mean, for Clay. Dude, that's not what he wants right now. <laughs> I mean, would that would that fit in the pre- somebody? Vince Pachel's been in the UFC for a while, but he hasn't been the most active guy. No. So how many? Like how many fights has he had in the UFC? Like five or six? Nine. He said nine fights. Not. Oh, please, right? Right? There was like a break in like. I know there was a big break in there. You might be right. I'll check right now. I have, I have, I have the, I have my Vink Pachel information on me at all times. Uh, eight. He has eight. He's all right, six all right. and two in the U.S. Six and two. But yeah, I know what you mean. There was what a two-year gap in there. Yeah. Something like a two-year gap. It's a motorcycle accident. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, six and two, which is. But you're right. He's got the years of experience in the UFC, but not the fights. So it'd be real. But yeah, no. I again, if that fight was made, would not be surprised. Again, Guida is was probably the most difficult guy to match up, and also the easiest fight to match up this week because he could be literally anyone. And uh, the last consensus pick I want to mention: I, this is a wicked matchup if it happens. Devonte Smith and Mike Davis. Oh Jesus! Damn. Good God. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's a good one. Uh, going. You know what's crazy about Mike Davis? My, Mike Davis. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I guess he just had some surgery because um, when he went into that Mason Jones fight, if you haven't seen the interview on what the heck, it's friggin' wild. Um, I mean, he said he was only like 50% for that fight. He said he had so many injuries, like, but he had to fight. He had no choice. After everything he went through in 2020, he had no choice but to fight. Um, and, which I could not believe he said this into a live microphone, he says he can get to 145 easy. Easy. I could still get to 145 easy. So, I mean, he could fight a featherweight. He could fight a lightweight. I'd rather see him at 55 because I think he's a huge 55er already. God, Davis and Dante Smith. <laughs> Be fun. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if anyone is. Uh, off of the uh, MMA fighting uh, solicitations that, that we put out through our, our Twitter account. Uh, let's see. For Dariush, I want to know what people thought. If uh, What should be next for him? And I saw... I want to ask your opinion. This this is from at Kyle five, one, four, eight, seven, seven, three, one rolls right off the tongue. Great tag there. Uh, Is there any chance that we see Paul Felder and uh, Darius? I guess there's a chance. I don't Mm. think, I don't think Darius should be that excited about fighting a guy coming off of two losses. Yeah. Again, that's another, like why it's kind of out of my, my, uh, my selections as well. Uh, For Clay Guida, I'm just trying to see if there's any, I didn't mention already. (laughs) <laughs> at rtw579 conor mcgregor all right get out of here <laughs> get out of here uh <laughs> at guru underscore scout says that uh, he should fight dustin for the vacant belt all right people there's no serious suggestions here this is what, this is what i get this is what we get for giving the people a voice mike we get the people a voice sometimes these are, see, these are our non-dedicated. See, our dedicated readers don't play around like this. All right, these are this is these are the random people just replying to our Twitter account. <laughs> I mean, they're, listen, they're not. Listen, they're wrong, but they're not wrong. Like Benil, like Benil, at this point, Benil Dariush has, he has the longest win streak in the division now, right? Outside of Habib. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, sorry, no. But those are for Clay, those are Clay Guida. Oh, these are Clay Guida suggestions. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. So okay, never just, mind. These people are just horsing around. They're just this is horseplay, Mike. You know what's funny about Clay Guida is he's competitive with like every single guy in this division. Like he's competitive with everybody. Sure. 
Sure. Like he 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 doesn't beat all of them. He probably beats very few of them. Let's be honest. I love Clay Guida and all. He's but. giving him a hard time. Not a, not an easy guy to fight. I I think Michael Johnson was definitely. Little, I don't think he overlooked him. I think he overlooked how explosive he still is because Guida just came out throwing out right hands. I don't even know if he was <laughs> setting them up. I think they were just naked right hands, just whipping the, these punches out and uh, c- connecting over and over again. And I think Mike Johnson right right there is just. What fell behind so quickly and was just never going to be able to catch up. If you fall behind against Clay Guida, let me tell you something. It's real tough. It's like falling behind like 20 points against like the, the Lakers right now, right? It's just you're not coming back. Um, Corey Sanhagen. Oh, well, we, we sorry. We I, I rephrased this question differently. Is Should he be next in line for the UFC Bantamweight Championship? Resounding, obviously, support for it. Uh, I, a, a few people, of course, like TJ's name. Otherwise, people are just saying, yes, this is. So a lot of support. UFC, listen. They're into a Sanhagen fight, all right? Uh, I think you mentioned the post-fight show, Mike, like how much – oh, no, you were comparing it to uh, Dillashaw-Faber and Dillashaw, I think, getting the title shot. And, um, but, yeah, I think, like, if I'm comparing Dillashaw getting the title shot to Sanhagen getting the title shot, I don't think there could be that much more interest in Dillashaw. Again, like I said, I think the UFC sees it that way, but I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here. I don't know how – like, if we're talking pay-per-view buys – how much of a difference could it really make? Especially with the, the ESPN Plus format and everything. Anyway, so yeah, Sandhagen all the way. Volkov, not a lot of support. Actually, I so I listened for Volkov. No, here, I'll just read the comments. That was sad. I guess referring to Overeem's performance. Wow, excellent comment. Uh, what's next for him? And then they said, getting wrecked by any top three heavyweight? Oh, disrespectful. Uh, someone said, top five contender and then belts. Thank you. Uh, and then someone else just said Overeem wasn't 100%. So, man, what a weird way to win the main event and somehow not get the support of the people. So uh, that's a little discouraging. A little bit. Hang on, people. Let's 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 do better than this. Uh, I believe uh, at Young Rabbi 86 uh, uh, added both of us. And I think the one that stood for me is I like the idea. Again, we've mentioned this guy in a lot of shows. We just don't know when he's fighting again. Uh, Fajeda versus Ally Aquinta. Perfect matchup. Yep, I agree. It's just we did. We just don't know what's going on with the bridge now. Uh, whenever he decides to fight again, so it's it's really hard to sort of pick him. Uh, I'll come back to Twitter, but I actually wanted to end with them because I think they had some strong, some strong moments here, and I'll, I'll run these down quick. Uh, Max Block likes Darius versus Kevin Lee, another guy in our. We have to wait to see when he's ready to come back. Uh, uh, scenario. Oh, Jacob Best. Oh, sorry. I, should, I told myself I should read out this message. Uh, Jacob Best on Instagram. <clears throat> full explanation for his pick. Uh, let me read this. He, uh, the one that I really liked. Uh, he wants to see Cape and Francisco Figueredo. He said, I justify this as Cape is clearly a top five flyweight and lost due to inactivity. It's true. It had been a while since Cape had actually fought. Let him abs- absolutely style on Francisco and build his hype back up at flyweight by destroying Figgy's brother. I would favor him heavily in a Francisco Figueredo matchup. He's a three to one favorite, I would say. At, at least. It, it probably no more. You're right. Based on he is coming off a loss, it would be shocking if it was more than that. But yeah, three to one is, is a lot already. So uh, so I like that. So Jacob Best, I, he always uh, has one pick usually that he uh, gives an explanation for. So I, I'm into that. That That's a little less competitive, I think, than the Nam fight in my mind. And like I said, I do want to see him get a matchup where he can show more show off a little more. Uh, Jay Steiner, here's one I didn't think of for some reason. Fajeda versus the Dober Makachev loser, uh, UFC 259, March 6th. Makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, Fajardo was supposed to fight Dober at least once last year, uh, maybe twice, maybe twice. Right. Yeah. Um, so definitely. So that makes sense. That. And Makachev, man, that's and, a tough fight. And he wants to see Edgar versus Cruz 
Uh, and he's and he he said no matter how that Kenny fight turns out, he says win or lose for for Cruz, he thinks he still we and we've mentioned this a lot of times. Readers have mentioned it. This Ed, we, how has Edgar Cruz fight never at least been attempted to be booked? Uh, so I don't know if I'm that if I if I'm if I go if Cruz wins, should he fight Edgar? I don't think so. I think if Cruz wins, I can't. I don't think the Edgar fight makes sense right now. Loses, yes, yes, all the way. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think either way you can make that fight and it's fine. Just because I mean Frank. Bantamweight is so crazy. Frankie's title hopes have, unless he comes in like on a short notice opportunity, Frankie's not fighting for the Bantamweight title anytime soon. So now it's just like fun fights. Let's let's get paid. Let's make some money and and do that. Like the title is gone. At least I mean, unless he wins like his next five, four or five fights, the title's just not there for him. Um, so if you want to do him and Cruz, I mean, whew, that's just so fun. But of course, Cruz has got to fight Casey Kenny. And uh, we'll see what happens there. And even if he loses to Casey Kenny, and you're going to keep Cruz around, you can still do that fight, and it makes sense. Mike, did you want to dip into any of your Instagram DMs right now, or did you want to save yours till after? Uh, we could dive into them. Yeah, uh, John George reached out uh, all the way up in Alaska. Says he's a big oh, fan. Oh, hi, show. John George. Uh, he said, "I think Corey Sanhagen deserves, <clears throat> excuse me, the next shot if Jan wins. But if Aljo wins, as much as I love Corey, I think it should be Aljo versus TJ and Corey." Uh, I believe it says Corey should fight the winner of the proposed, perhaps, fight between Cody Garbrandt and Jose Aldo, and then the winner would fight for the belt. Uh, he said, also, Frankie isn't done after this. Him versus Cody Stamen would be fun. It'd be a good step up for Cody and a good ride into the wind win for Frankie, if so. And uh, I let him know that Cody Stamen would love that opportunity because Cody said if he fought Askar Askar, and won his fight and got on the microphone, he was absolutely calling out Frankie Edgar. Um, hmm. So that would work. But I think Cody probably wants to fight a little bit sooner. I, I, w- I hope Frankie takes several months off. But knowing him, he'll probably fight in freaking April because he's such a madman. Uh, so I like that. Uh, Dylan Bernstein says he likes Benil Darius versus RDA. Uh, also, random scraps. Devontae Smith versus Jalen Turner. Uh, Ode Osborne Ode Osborne versus Zaruk Adeshev or Zalgis uh, Zumagulov if he were to go back to flyweight and either of those guys were to stick around. Uh, some interesting picks there. Good uh, good main card pick. Couple of uh, couple of deep cuts on the card as well. So thank you for your for your DMs. Who was the first guy? John John George. John George. John George. I like the. Uh, I'll segue into the emails here. I like the Edgar. Oh, sorry, it was sorry. He said Edgar uh, Stamen. Matchup. I like that much better than uh, well, one Mr. Matt Bradbury, our new regular email contributor, said. <laughs> he said Edgar versus Wallace Veely. Oh, come on. Come on, Matt. Co- Why are you trying to hurt me? <laughs> Why are you trying to hurt me, Matt? I'm vulnerable right now. They got to be like, I mean, th- I'm sure those guys like train together and stuff at some point. Like, I'm sure they know each other very well. Sure. And I just, it, no, why? That's well, who, who wants to see it? Come on. Uh, it, Matt Bradbury had a deep cut, too. Uh, I did not remember that these fights had happened. Uh, Timur Valiev uh, versus he wants to see Timur Valiev versus Chris Gutierrez three. He said complete the trilogy. Yes, I agree. So I was like, I was like, I didn't remember at all. I had to go back and I remember that the first fight was controversial. Uh, a Gutierrez decision win. They rematched immediately and then Valiev won. I that, I think that closes the door for me. But I, I get, very big fan of the World Series of Fighting apparently. Uh, so so many unanswered questions. So there we go. That was one of the more one of the more interesting. Matt Bradbury has a lot of deep cuts. Uh, he likes uh, Procopio versus uh, Firo. 
uh, Mike Rodriguez, Khalil Roundtree. If Mike Rodriguez gets another chance, I, I would love that. If Mike Rodriguez gets another chance, yes, throw him in there with Roundtree. And I, I want to see one of these dudes just wail on the other. I think that'd be so much fun. That's fun, uh, but it's sad, too, because that is like the ultimate loser leaves town match. Going. Yeah. And it's probably they're going they're going out and they're probably going out bad. Yes. If we're being if we're being honest. Uh, uh, Tristan Gordet had a bunch of picks, but the one that I really like because we got a shout out. You know, you mentioned we kind of cut this guy because he wasn't a, really a main, car, technically a main card winner. It wasn't supposed to be. So Danilo Marquez, apologies that we did not match me for you, but Tristan Gordet's got you covered. He says Marquez and Roman Dolice. So I like that. Yeah, it's fun. Got you covered. Thank you, Tristan. Thanks for sending that one in. And we got a new email contributor. Uh, I'm I, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't, I don't know if this person's from America, so I'm going to read out their name as in North American as I can. So Harry Dwoskin. Dwoskin. Could be Dwoskin, but I'm going to go Harry Dwoskin. He likes Sungwoo. Another person we didn't match up, uh, Sungwoo Choi versus Austin Lingo. Very cool matchup. And he went wild on me with a guy who I, I guess he, I don't know if this guy signed to the UFC or not. And I wasn't aware. He says Clay Guida versus Alexander Shabli. Man, I yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, I have nothing. I have nothing. I had to look it up. Uh, this is a deep. Maybe he got signed. I don't know. He's twenty-seven year old out of Russia. This is why I think Harry might be. I assume he's from Russia. Is why he knows about this guy. Has fought for Fight Nights Global, uh, other Russian promotions, Kunlun fights. That's such a really good uh, uh, European promotion. Or should, or should, should say Asian. Um, Pro FC, which is also out in Russia. So. Yes, he is. Uh, he's well known out there, I guess. Uh, Nineteen and three, a four-fight win streak. So, maybe, maybe uh, uh, Harry knows something I don't, and this guy is this guy's ready to come to the UFC. But uh, uh, I'm almost done here, Mike. Did you get Twitter DMs as well, or just Instagram? Just Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm, there are some sites out there who have reported that Shabli signed with the UFC in November. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well done, Harry. Uh, I think that's a that's a great call, and and that sounds like exactly what Clay Green. <laughs> Give me this nineteen and three Russian kid who no one has heard of. That's what I want for my thirty. What would be my thirty first UFC fight? <laughs> he would do it too. That's what. Of course he would. Oh my gosh, Clay Green, stop it, stop it. Uh, uh, so I'll go run through quickly to the Twitter DMs. Aronsky likes uh, the Devontae Smith versus Drakkar Close Jai Herbert winner uh, February twentieth. Barry O'Reilly likes Sung uh, Choi versus Shane Young or Chase Hooper. And then again, just, just there's so many Guida matchups out there. He likes Guida versus Gamrot or Mark O'Madsen. Uh, Michael Perugini. Wait, oh, I wrote down Michael's name here, but I wait. He must have he must have said something besides. I think I just made a little note to myself. Uh, he wants. Why did I mention this here? Volkov, uh, Volkov, oh, Pantoja. Oh, oh, sorry. He's one of the people who mentioned Pantoja's Joe B. Okay, sorry. I had to make a note. So, uh, so that, but yeah, that Pantoja, Pantoja, Joseph Benavides, uh, fight is out there. Uh, CD, that's just what his name is on Twitter. Guida versus Venata. Yeah, that's fun scrap. Not what, not, not sort of the matchup Guida would, was hoping for. I mean, yeah, I'd watch it. I'm thinking about this Alexander Shabley thing now. I can't get it out of my head. Now I, now I just feel like it's going to happen. That'll be the ultimate check the tape. Harry, you're out there. That's a big. T- I will remember. It. Believe me, if that fight gets made, I will remember, and it, the t- the tapes will be checked. Uh, from a, it looks sounds like a name, but I believe they're they're a fan of the New York Knicks uh, center, uh, a Mitchell Robinson Stan, uh, like <laughs> Devante Smith uh, and Christos Yagos, or and he had a Michael Johnson matchup. There's a go. There's some we haven't matched up. Uh, Michael Johnson and Brock Weaver. 
Uh, he said if, if Michael Johnson isn't released, he should fight Brock Weaver. I didn't know that Brock Weaver hadn't been released. For some reason, I thought he had been. But uh, as far as I know, he's still on the roster. Yeah, I haven't heard that he's been cut at all. So. Yeah, he's had some strange. So he's had he's had an eventful three fight UFC career to say the least. And then I I'll give closing on. Uh, sorry, Mike, no other DMs or emails for you, anything like that. Nope, I'm good. All right, I'll give our closing reader moment to Redwood Rebel. He likes uh, Pantoja versus Garbrandt. He likes Timor Valiev versus uh, versus Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, that's a scrap. Yeah, pretty cool. And then he had a question for us. One last question. One last matchmaking question for us, Mike. Uh, who should Eminem fight now that Eminem has stepped into the has literally stepped into the ring uh, for for that uh, high music higher music video and cast the Eminem curse upon everyone, including poor Alistair Overeem? He should have to answer for his 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 uh, his actions. Uh, him and Dana White should have to answer for their actions, spreading the, the Eminem curse. Who do you think Eminem should fight now this, that he's now he's on the roster? I mean, I'm glad I'm so happy this question was asked. Oh, here we is, go. This is so easy. This is so easy. The answer is Casey Lydon. I mean, it's 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 the fight. We have so many clips of Casey and tweets. I mean, we could just build the fight with with Casey Lydon tweets from Saturday after that video aired and on the post fight show with his reaction to Eminem's pretty awful song. Like, let's be honest. This is not the Marshall Mathers or the Some Shady LP that we're talking about here. This is this is 2021 Eminem, and you got to make a buck. I'm never gonna fault you for that. But uh, the song is not good. It's not good. It's bad. Wow, gosh, MMA fighting going in on Eminem. I, it's I, bad. It's a bad song. I don't comment on it. He's a great artist, and you know <laughs> we all make uh, different decisions later in our careers. Uh, Eminem, Eminem versus EKC. I like it. Uh, I just kind of throw out. Uh, I'm not hip with it. I'm not, I don't know what the kids listen to these. I throw out a Bad Bunny. Uh, I saw him appear at the Royal Rumble last weekend, and I'm like, <laughs> I guess this is. Uh, and Red, Redwood Rebel, I mentioned this to him. I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, Bad Bunny, whoever that is. And he explained to me, Bad Bunny is a very, very popular reggaeton artist. Uh, he's a huge. Apparently, he's he's a Redwood Rebel, a huge uh, Bad Bunny fan. So he's all, he's totally down for Eminem uh, versus Bad Bunny UFC 264. I don't know, you know, somewhere down the road. But oh, dude, there you gotta go. do. So there's... You gotta do Nick Can- the Nick Cannon fight. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, did that not get resolved? weren't they weren't they beefing? He's huge though. There's no way they're in the same weight class. Yeah, I mean, Eminem's taking him down. Like the, 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 <laughs> Has- uh, MGK versus Eminem is like Sandhagen versus Edgar. Like that's like the size discrepancy. <laughs> He's like six foot four or something. That's huge. He's a gi- freaking giant. I don't see MGK being able to do much. I think Nick Cannon. I don't know. We do that. L- let's do that. I mean, they're, they're both throwing out diss tracks at each other, left and right. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, I forgot about that. I forgot about that feud because that feud ended so quickly. <laughs> I was like, it was just, it was over. Did Eminem ever answer him back? Uh, Nick, Nick Cannon? Cannon. I think so. Did he? Because I was say I thought the best response was just ignoring him. I thought I remember like it took a while, and people were just like Eminem's not going to answer. It's just, it's beneath him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I know he answered MGK um, with kill shot. Yeah, yeah, that yes, was really good. That's why. That's why that one came to my mind first because I was like, oh yeah, there. The uh, I was like the Nick Cannon feud happened. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone, <laughs> all the readers for your questions, and uh, thank you Red Rebel especially for uh, letting us talk a little a little Eminem matchmaking. M- uh, a little Eminem for Eminem, you might say. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Um, I will mimic what AK said. You guys rule. Uh, keep those suggestions coming and let everybody else know about them. Hit us up on on the Twitter. He is at Alexander Kaylee. I am at Mike Heck underscore JR. AK, do you want to throw out the rest of your info for right, the peeps? Right, yeah, yeah. Said, at Alexander K. Lee on Twitter. At Alexander KK Lee on Instagram. Alex.Lee at SBNation. Uh, dot com on email. We'll probably put this, start putting this stuff in the post, right? We should probably start putting this in the post on the on the site, right? Our our information. Yeah, maybe. 
Or you just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, probably. Maybe. I don't know. It depends if you're using your personal DMs. If you're using your personal DMs, maybe not. You might not. Your personal Instagram, maybe maybe leave it. <laughs> yeah. I will. I'll throw it in there. People, people, I'm an open book. You can DM me at whatever you want. I'm sorry, whenever you want. Not whatever you want. Don't DM me whatever you want. All right. So we'll stick. I'm sticking to Twitter. All right, there you go. Stick to okay, Twitter. Right, I mean, you can right. oh, if okay. you if you find us, want to DM us. Great, we're in. Oh, those are from Twitter. Oh, I thought those were Instagram. Oh, those are from Twitter. The, the suggestions you got. Oh no, those are Instagram. Mine's at m underscore heck jr on uh, Instagram. I don't. I barely check it, and I've, I've, I'm bad, Mike. Bad Mike. You know, oh, my goal was to be more active on Instagram. I've just done an awful, awful job with that. But uh, <laughs> there you go. Join us next week. As we discuss the fallout of UFC 258, the welterweight title is on the line, a division that needs a boost incredibly bad. Kamara Usman defends against Gilbert Burns. Very interesting title fight there. I'm looking forward to it from a matchup perspective, but welterweight really needs to get the rocket ship strapped to it and, and make some movement. Macy Barber returns against Alexa Grasso. Kelvin Gaslam takes on Ian Heinish. Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera and much more. Should be uh, some fun matchmaking to come out of that event at the UFC Apex. But until then, we are out of time for AK. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. And remember, as always, don't take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We will have some more fun next week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.